0: Merry Christmas Eve everyone so delighted to see each and every one of you here tonight you know our timetable is not the Lord's timetable the Bible says on the appointed day God emptied himself and came and was born from a womb of a woman and took on flesh and blood there was an appointed day for that And we celebrate that day, don't we? We celebrate it, we give memory to it in our timeline called Christmas. So tonight is just a night of gathering together, remembering what God the Father did. He gave His only begotten Son that whomsoever would believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. So we celebrate the birth the willingness and the obedience of Jesus to come. And he came. We have much to celebrate because he came for you and me. Amen.
1: In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Curnius was governor of Syria.
2: And everyone, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up
1: But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring
2: you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a babe be wrapped in cloths, and laying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the
1: heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on
2: earth peace to men on whom his favor rest. When the angels had left them and gone to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been
1: told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them.
2: But Mary treasured up all these things and pounded, pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they have heard and seen which were just as they had been told.
3: Praise the Lord. Hey, we're going to have children's time. We like to read a children's story to the children every Christmas Eve. We have, I think, since we started. So if we could have the the young people, from zero to whenever you think you're not young, uh, come on up and sit on the floor here. (laughs) We've got to get all the kids up here at least. We've got to have at least one. I have to have one to look at. Yeah, come on up. Sit down. I'll get right down on the floor with you. How's that? That'll be all right. We'll just ignore everybody else here. Thank you. and I, All them old folks can stay in their chairs. I'm only sat. There. We're getting a few more. There you go. That's right. Age is is a matter of mind. Come, come on. I know, but they're cheating. They're trying to get in on your blessings. Praise the Lord. I'm only just disappointed there's no snow. Isn't that disappointing? You want snow? They will have to pray for a lot of snow tonight. Wouldn't that be nice? All right. <clears throat> Well, listen up, and I'll read you a story of baby Jesus is born. And it rhymes, and I'm sure I'll ruin it, so don't laugh too hard, okay? There was a Roman emperor 2,000 years ago who asked the folks he ruled to make a trip quite hard and slow. All people had to travel to the town from where they came. So they could all be counted. Each was asked to sign his name. Let's see if I can read upside down. Now in the town of Nazareth, in the land of Galilee, there lived a man named Joseph and his promised wife-to-be. Mary was the woman's name. She was God's favored one. For God had chosen her to be the mother of his son. That rhymes pretty good, doesn't it? Joseph knew he had to heed the emperor's decree. So he and Mary set out from the land of Galilee. At last they came to Bethlehem, a town of little size. Now the streets were crowded, which was not a great surprise. Quickly Joseph found an inn, the only one in town, for Mary was exhausted and she needed to lie down. Joseph asked the innkeeper, Do you have room for two? No, he said to Joseph who then sighed, what should I do? I'm sorry, said the innkeeper, I really am unable to provide a room for you, but wait, I have a stable. Joseph looked at Mary, then he sadly shook his head. At least you will be safe from harm, and you can rest, he said. Now on that night our Lord was born to save all folk on earth. And that is why we still today observe his holy birth. This baby was the promised king, God's son, this couple knew. And so they named him Jesus, as God had told them to. That's right. Even the babies cry out. Some shepherds in a field nearby were tending to their flock. When suddenly an angel came, imagine their great shock. God's holy light surrounded them, and they were so dismayed. But then the angel of the Lord said, Do not be afraid. I bring you good and joyous news for everyone this day. A Savior has been born to you. To him, go find your way. You'll find this baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. You'll know him by these signs, and so this child won't be a stranger. Then suddenly a great number of God's angels from the sky appeared and sang his praises. Glory be to God on high. The shepherds said to one another, could this really be our Savior born in Bethlehem? Quickly, let's go and see. They hurried off and found the child, just as the angel said, inside a humble stable with a manger for his bed. They knelt beside this holy child, then ran to spread the word, telling everyone they met of what they'd seen and heard. There you have it. That's the story of the birth of Jesus. And it rhymes almost as good as John's song. Jesus loves you, and he lives in our heart, and he's the king of our life. Isn't that right? Well, let's praise the Lord as we go back to our seats. Thanks, guys. Amen. I guess some of you parents could uh, enjoy that as well. Oh, I'm sorry. I dismissed them before they got. She's giving out gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Make sure you get your gold. Or is it silver? That's right. all the kids get one? Did she get one? I'm sorry. Well. Karen, it's your turn, I think, isn't it? We just gave out some gold. You want to receive some.
0: Amen. Gold. You know, we're going to be walking on streets of gold in heaven. You want to know what heaven's currency really is? It's you. You're God's currency. You know, we think gold and silver are so important down here, but we'll be walking on that when we get to heaven. Amen. You're the most important. You're the most important thing to God. You as a person. Pastor Sid asked me if I would receive an alms offering. Now, we don't really hear too much about alms, but it's, throughout the the Old and the New Testament. Alms is uh, an offering just for the needy and the poor. Those who don't have enough uh, to eat or clothing, whatever it may be. So Jesus said in John 8, he said, the poor and the needy, you will always have among you. So that's a true statement. We're always going to have them. And he asked us, his kids, to provide. In Proverbs 1917, he said, "Whosoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will reward them for what they have done." Praise God. Now, the best story in the New Testament about alms is in Acts 10. And it's verse 1. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius. He was a centurion of the band called the Italian band. I like that. A devout man and one that feared God which with, and all his house. Number one, which gave much alms. Number two, to the people and prayed to God always. He saw in a vision About the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming to him and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Now the word memorial means a memory or a record of. See, your, your prayers are never lost. They are always going heavenward. And God has like bowls in heaven that after a while there's a tipping point. And that's why you never stop praying for the unsaved. You never stop asking. I think really we just don't ask enough. And those alms are specifically for the, the, the needy and the poor. And we have a lot of them, don't we? There's, there's a lot of them. You know, they stand on the corner in the busy, in the busy intersection. Do you think about that? Um, I want you to think about that because it doesn't matter if their motive is right. What God's looking for is your heart. It's your heart right. So don't ever miss out on an opportunity to give because God... Is uh, he keeps great books. <laughs> Amen. So if the ushers are in the aisles, and if you, you know, I didn't, you probably didn't expect this tonight. Um, if you don't have anything, that's okay. There's an account in the Bible of a widow giving two pennies, and God kept record of that, and we still read it generations later. So it's not really what you have. Sometimes it's what you, your motive of your heart is, just giving. So if you need an envelope, please raise your hands, and you can make those checks out to the CWI and just put in the memo alms, and it will go directly to the, the poor and the needy. And speaking of that, we... Um, We want to thank you so much for all the hats and the the scarves and the gloves and the socks. Um, I had a full carload that I took over to CityGate. And Kim and Brian, who had that up, were so grateful to our partnering in, to the poor and needy of Lancaster and also Columbia. So we're now in both places. So thank you very much. And God bless you. God bless you richly. Pastor Dale, would you like to come back up? Did they get passed?
3: Not yet. Pass the bucket. Amen. The Lord bless you in your giving. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I'm not sure why, but when I talked about when the kids talked about praying for snow there didn't seem to be a a real sweeping move of victory in the in the the building but i don't i don't know i think we just ought to believe god for a whole bunch of snow tomorrow just carpet this place in jesus name yeah there it is yeah yeah I must be leaving i i got i gotta fly to California or somewhere south yeah. praise God well, open your bible with me to genesis twenty two i'm not really going to preach a sermon tonight we We always look it's christmas but we're going to take time to have a devotional and uh, center up and focus on jesus he's the the lord of our life he's the most important he's our center amen our foundation and uh Terry asked me what I was going to teach on. I said, well, the first Christmas. And uh, from Genesis 22. Did you know Christmas is in Genesis 22? See, Jesus said in John 8, he said, you know, Abraham rejoiced because he saw my day. And he was glad. And it got me to thinking about what did Abraham see? And what did Abraham do? And I thought... Before we receive communion as a family tonight, I would share these scriptures with you and encourage your faith. Read with me here in Genesis 22 and verse 1. It came to pass after these things that God did test Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. Now I want to be clear. There's a lot of directions I could go. But God did not tempt Abraham to sin. God tested his faith there's there's a big difference between a solicitation to do evil and a test of what's on the inside of you and don't be afraid when you're put into a position to find out what you're made of because God's with you in that and he said to God said to Abraham take now thy son thy only son Isaac and we remember Something in the Bible in John about the only son, right? The only begotten son. Take your only son Isaac, whom you lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning. No complaining. No disobedience. No no, waiting until the last minute. I don't know about you, but I've been guilty of that many, many times in my life where the Lord's concerned. Where he'd tell me to do something, and I'd just wait till the very last moment. Am I the only sinner in the house? <laughs> and uh, God chastised me about that one time, and he said to me, You can never give the first fruits second, and you can never give instant obedience late. Ooh, that, that one really hurt me, but it's true, isn't it? So Abraham got up early to do what God had told him to do. And, and, and be encouraged by this. If God's told you to do something, we are turning into the new year. And often we seek the Lord about what we should do. Well, when he tells us, let's do it. Let's be quick to do it. And, and he, he saddled his, his ass. He took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son. He cut the wood for the burnt offering. He rose up and he went to the place which God had told him. Then on the third day, that's interesting, isn't it? Abraham lifted up his eyes, and he saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, to me this I think is one of the greatest statements of faith. When, when Paul talks about the faith of Abraham, I believe he's pointing to this verse. He said to these men, stay here with the, the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship, now notice this, and come again again to you. See, Abraham, <clears throat> we can read it in Hebrews 2. Abraham believed that if it were necessary, God would even raise Isaac from the ashes. Why? Because God had given him a promise that Isaac would be the heir of all that God had promised Abraham. And how could he be the heir if he were dead? Now this is this is interesting for us because imagine this. Abraham was ready and, and, and active to believe something that had never happened before. Something he didn't even have a promise for. He simply had a promise about, Abraham, or about Isaac being the, the one to inherit. I had, a, I had a dear friend text me not long ago and was talking about, did I believe there was such a thing as debt cancellation? Supernatural debt cancellation. My response was, well, yeah, it's called Mark eleven twenty-three 23 and 24. Whatever you desire. Do you desire debt cancellation? See, you don't need a specific verse that says debt cancellation. You, you, you simply need to realize you have a God in heaven who answers prayer. I mean, this is amazing what Abraham did. He believed that God was able, it's in Hebrews 11, 29... To even raise up Isaac from the ashes to fulfill his promise. Now that's faith. I and the lad will come again. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son. He took the fire in his hand and a knife and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father. He said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb. Now, it's interesting in the Hebrew. It wasn't God will provide a lamb for us. It will be, it's God will provide himself a lamb. How many of you know the lamb of God was provided? Amen. And to even bear it out, we won't, we won't spend too much time on all this. But to even bear it out, we know that as he cried out to God or not as he cried out, rather as he lifted the, the knife, the angel of the Lord cried out and stopped his hand. He was, he, was, he, had, he, was, he was in the act of doing it and the angel said, no, no, don't do it. You've, his faith was tested. Now I know that you'll do it. his faith passed the test and that faith was received as the actual accomplished deed. And it was no longer necessary. And that, Explosion of faith in my mind was the faith of Abraham was what tied God by covenant to do it himself. That if Abraham were willing to give his only begotten son, now God's honor was on the line to give his only begotten son. That's why I call this the first Christmas. See, Abraham, Jesus said, saw my day and was glad this is the only real verse or story in the Old Covenant of Abraham's life that could apply to what Jesus said. See, when he took his son, his only son, to that mountain to sacrifice him, Abraham was seeing what you and I see as the, the, the crucifixion, as the cross, as the fulfillment. Abraham saw that day. Thousands of years he saw into the future. Now, I want to leave this with you because as we turn to 1 Corinthians 11, Paul, the apostle, asks us to look back. And I want to challenge you, if Abraham could look forward into something that had not yet happened, it should be easier for us to look back on something that has happened. We find this in many places in the Bible. Isaiah 53, when Isaiah prophesied about the crucifixion, talks about about what was going to take place in the future tense. But 1 Peter chapter 2 looks back at the cross and talks about our healing that was provided for us in the past tense. Well, Abraham looked forward and saw Jesus' day. We at Christmas time, it, it, it is our holiday season. It's our culture. But it's also a spiritual point of contact of our faith. I believe we can look back that God gave his only begotten Son, and he was born in a manger prepared for us. In Hebrews, the Bible says that he even spoke in that manger. Did you know Jesus spoke when he was born? And he said, I. Uh, uh, a sacrifice and offerings you you don't want, but a body you have prepared. The Lamb of God had been prepared. So we're going to receive communion as a family tonight. And in 1 Corinthians 11, Paul said in verse 23, that I have received of the Lord that which I also delivered unto you. This is one of the unique things in the New Testament in my mind. Remember, Paul was not one of the disciples. Remember, Paul didn't sit... At Jesus' feet. Paul didn't follow Jesus around Galilee. But Paul had. uh, Supernatural visions. where, Where he saw Jesus. And where Jesus visited him. Right? And one of the things that Jesus taught Paul. Supernaturally. By visitation. Was about communion. He said I received of the Lord. That which also I delivered unto you. That the Lord Jesus. The same night in which he was betrayed. He took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, take and eat. This is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. So as we receive communion, as we celebrate Christmas, let's realize that as Abraham could see into the future for something that hadn't happened, we can look into the past and something we know happened. And we can see his day. We can, we can remember what was accomplished on the cross by his blood, by his body. We know that Christmas... Uh, was the entrance of the life of God into the earth. And and God became man. He took upon himself flesh and blood that this could be accomplished. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped. He said, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. Now here it happens again. Abraham looked into the future. It's something that hadn't happened. We get to look into the past. It's something that has happened. But what's Paul say? We're going to do this until he come. We're we're instructed to keep looking into the future. Amen? Until he comes. Praise the Lord. So what we'd like to do, we're going to invite you to come forward. And uh, we'll let the ushers come forward now. But we'd like you to come up and, to the table and uh, receive the communion elements. And then be seated and keep, keep the elements in your seat until we're all served. And then when we're all served, we'll receive the communion elements together. Is that all right? So, so why don't we just go row by row? So we'll, we'll, we'll start from the front and go. No, let's do it from the back and go. We'll, we'll make you all sit there. All right, let's start from the back and come forward. For those of you in the back can come first. Hallelujah. Didn't Jesus say something about sitting in the back, right? I always like to emphasize that when Jesus took the bread, he knew what it meant more than you or I will ever know. Think about that. He knew what that meant and he gave thanks. Because he knew that you'd be healed, that sickness would, that power would be broken. You'd be restored. So go ahead and take that bread and give thanks for the healing power of God in your life. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father I am healed. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you for your sacrifice that you bore on your your body, my sicknesses, my diseases. Thank you, Father. He took the cup. He said, this is covenant. Yes, it's the forgiveness of our sins, but it's more than that. This is covenant. This is Every, everything that is typified in the marriage covenant, it's everything that salvation is, it's covenant with God. We are one with Him. Take and drink. We're the body of Christ. Hallelujah. 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 Is it your turn now? I think so. Praise you, Lord. Heavenly Father, we give you praise and glory and honor. We're so thankful that you sent Jesus. We're so thankful that as Isaac submitted himself, so Jesus came and submitted himself. Thank you, Father, for salvation. Thank you for the gift that was given. Thank you, Lord, that even as we've been forgiven in Christ, so we forgive one another. We thank you that we have seen your day. We thank you that we represent salvation and the way that you've made for men. put your word on our lips put the love of god flowing through our hearts that we would touch everyone we come in contact with in jesus precious name amen and amen Amen. merry christmas everybody god bless you remember one way we love god is by loving one another amen